Hi TJs, it's John here. Uh, I recently talked to Lucas Hench. He's formerly a mobile user experience expert at Google and now he is uh, his team are building Course Magnet. They provide customer acquisition technology. So we talked about chatbots, we talked about assessments, we talked, we talked about the future of courses and uh, in a time where we're talking a lot about resources and courses and things like that, uh, what is the future for all these things? So it's a really good chat. Please do enjoy. So let's talk chatbots first. Um, You've uh, you said that in educational institutions and uh, and workplace learning uh, sometimes use chatbots in the wrong way. Can you kind of expand on that a little bit? Yeah, yeah, that's a very very interesting point, and that's actually the angle where our team has been started um, working on it. Um, our team originally has been working on chatbots for a long period of time now. Ever since Facebook allowed you know access to the Messenger app to build in uh, Messenger bots, our team has been been on that. Um, but what we've been discovering actually is if you place a chatbot on your website, if you want to you know tell people more about your courses, about your training offering, the issue arises is that not a lot of people actually start the interaction with a chatbot. Right. Um, there has been, you know, a lot of press and a lot of blog posts written about chatbots, um, and we ourselves have been great defenders. But what we realized is, by data, is the interaction rate that somebody coming to a website and actually starting a conversation with a chatbot is often below one percent. Right. And you can basically, basically see from that um, that in order to, let's say, sell your course or make your course more known or your program more known to your website visitors. A chatbot is often a suboptimal choice, um, and I'm sure we're going to talk a little bit more what we think is be you know might be a little bit more intelligent way to go about it. But the key challenge is really that first interaction. You know, once somebody is part of your course, or once somebody is part of your education institution, and they're having you know, a lot of customer service related question, that's a different game. At this point in time, they're already convinced about the product. They're already you know, taking part and a lot of questions would even come through chat or chatbots. But at that first instance, chatbots, yeah, very often just sit on the website. I'm actually not being started um, talking to. So moving on to, I guess, more of a psychology issue, which kind of relates to that too. Um, you, you talk about the user journey of prospective students, what the psychology behind that is. How, how are you kind of linking uh, the, the, the user journey of um, students to psychology there? What we just talked about with the chatbot is obviously only one step within a longer user journey that a user is going through when making up their mind uh, about a particular course, right? And, and what is interesting is when in the digital area, those user journeys can be understood much better than ever before. And if we're looking now at the case of a, of a decision about a course, um, this user journey has a lot of significant decisions in there. You know, usually they evolve around pricing. They evolve around you know which career direction is somebody going? Is that the right time investment of the course? Um, so this user journey now sort of builds up to a journey that has a lot of digital touch points. So that can be you know um, several visits to a website. It can be several visits to a search engine. There was actually a study by Google. Uh, published this was not particular for for um, a course, but this was you know other bigger decisions like for example cars or something something like this where there can be up to nine hundred digital touch points before a decision is being made, and if you transfer this to the journey of a of a course 
push seeker, there is a lot of digital touch points that they walk through. Um, and um, that's basically, I think, where um, psychology jumps in, you know, because the questions that the user has coming to a website, being in that journey, they change. At the very beginning, those questions evolve around, you know, um, do they even offer the course? How much is the course? Uh, when does it start? Does it fit my schedule? And those um, questions that they have, they evolve and they change, you know, they merge into something like, um, do I trust the provider? Um, can I see myself studying there? Um, move into something like, you know, what is my chances in the job market with this particular provider? Do they rank well towards something like, would I like, let's say, if there's a, you know, living, um, moving decision connected, like in a university, um, and in other cases, it might not be uh, the case. But what I'm saying is those decisions that you have to make, they really change. But you're basically coming back to a website that remains constant and static and is therefore not um, sort of supporting the visitor in that journey that they're coming through. And these are just a chatbot who basically waits until you start communicating to the chatbot. Obviously, half the battle with um, corporate learning is trying to get people motivated to, to take these courses. What else can uh, businesses do, not just training departments, but whole businesses do to uh, to get people interested in going on these courses then? We think, um, and that's sort of also the word that we are evolving um, our efforts a lot around this, it's really understanding the user's intent and the user's action in the moment when they're on the page, right? As I mentioned, a person might be coming a couple of times to your page but in reality, they might have a couple of tabs open. It might be a short session on the on the mobile phone, but it quickly jump off. I think there, uh, within in Google, it's been said that there's around 150 mobile quick sessions, or they call them um, mobile moments uh, on the phone, where you know it's quickly jump in, check the phone, and jump out again. So, in order to answer your question, what they could be doing better, or what every course provider can be doing better, is to serve relevant information that match where the user is in their decision journey um, at this particular point in time, right? You know, sometimes it's a testimonial that would be helpful. Sometimes it's um, the pricing. Sometimes it's the financing model. Um, and this information changes based on where their mind is currently. And because people come through the mobile phone in, you know, by now more than 60 to 70% of the time, um, this becomes even more important because there is, you know, limited information that can be transferred from from basically the website into the you know consciousness of the of the visitor. So, uh, you reckon that uh, you can double sign ups by certain tips or techniques um, on the uh, on the website or within the LMS? Give us an idea of what companies could do to to get this kind of uptake. Yeah, so um, I think for that is really important to look at the base of what is the current reality of a lot of course providers um, from, you know, on what percentage of visitors they're winning from, from the website. Um, we had a lot of conversations with course providers and vendors from different fields. Might it be um, professional training providers um, in, the, you know, in the area of technology, UX design, uh, programming courses, or might it be on a completely different end of the spectrum? Might it be something like a beauty courses, beauty academies, or even universities? The challenge is very similar for all of them. And the challenge is that less than 2%, usually, you know, something around 1.8, 1.9% of all the visitors that come to a website, 
leave their contact information, which means about 98% of all the people that have shown initial interest to your course or in your course, they simply leave the website without you ever knowing which course they were interested in, um, what information might have been you know, important to have given them in order for them to get in touch with you. Um, and obviously this also has to be taken into consideration that there's usually a second step in that conversion, right? Which is that you win people from the website and then you have to call them or send emails afterwards to, to send your course. So um, I think to understand this base that, you know, the average and after many conversations that we had, it's about 2% is being the average, um, being able to lift this up by around, I think, Currently, the, the average that we're talking about lifting up by around 41% um, is a, a very reasonable task if you take into consideration that a lot of websites are not necessarily mobile optimized and they don't take into consideration the user journey and where the person is in um, and very often have the forms for their, um, for their websites just at one place somewhere in the website where on the mobile phone the user might not necessarily go there and then fill out the information while they're maybe just reading up on the course. So there's a lot of factors that come together and a lot of sort of micro interactions that add up to an increased conversion rate. Final question, Lucas. I often hear a lot at events uh, the sort of mantra of resources, not courses. So what do you think the future is really for for course providers? Do you think it's a bright future? Do you think it's part of a blend or a mix of, of different ways that people interact with learning? What's, what's your take on that? Yeah, it's very interesting. In, in my role, I have a lot of conversations actually with leaders of different um, course providing companies. And um, I, I tend to ask the same question a lot, right? And sort of this is what is shaping, shaping my perspective at the very moment. Um, so what I actually see in terms of just pure online learning something that is um, currently missing in what we're achieving in online learning is what we do in reality when we're in courses where we're learning a lot is the interactions with our peers, the interactions with the teacher, right? That real-time um, sort of checking in, uh, did you understand this? Can you help me a little bit with that, that task? So this real-time interaction, bringing that into an online environment, right? I think there's a couple of startups out there that kind of move into this direction. But I think everything that is going in this direction has, has a bright future, which means um, also personalization of content, personalization um, driven by, by AI. You know, what is, it, what is the next piece of information that you are missing to progress? Um, which, you know, is a very similar to kind of where we are based in, in what is the next piece of information that you need in order to make the decision. Um, I think that's a, a concept where there is a very bright future if, um, for example, artificial intelligence can start to understand um, personalized learning based on your previous behavior or previous path through um, a content, uh, set of content. So, uh, and, and then basically personalize it on scale. Um, so I think that's a very interesting direction uh, in my perspective. Well, Lucas, thanks a lot for your time today and giving us a bit of an insight into uh, you know, courses, chatbots, and, and all the rest of that world. Um, and uh, best of luck with it all. Appreciate it. Thanks, Jonathan.